And uh, so I was going through a photo album of pictures of Andy as a baby. And there's a picture of my mother holding Andy in pretty much the exact same position as I'm holding Arlo in this picture. And I don't like what it made me feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Because my mother looks like I did in this picture. I look like my mother did in that picture. I am turning into my mother. Well, I wasn't going to say anything. Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 4, and we're calling this one AAA, All About Arlo. Hello, welcome. That was my husband, Bill, and my name is Winnie, and we are the owners of Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography. The way we like to do our podcast is we are going to post nine photos to our Instagram account, Quiet Shutter Photo, And we're going to discuss the photos, what went behind the picture, what went into making the picture, or whatever comes up. And today, it's all about Arlo, who's our new grandbaby. So if you don't want to hear grandparents bragging about their grandbaby, well, stay tuned. Maybe you'll enjoy it. Uh, Before we get going, I want to thank Anchor Podcasting Platform. It's a free podcasting platform you can access from the internet or an app on your smartphone. It's free, pretty easy. If we can do it, you can do it. Thanks, Anchor. Thanks, Anchor. We also want to thank our son, Andy, who is our sound engineer. He hooked us up with all of our equipment and got us set up. Um, you can find him on uh, Instagram at Outdoor Andy TV or on Twitch, especially if you like to watch somebody fish, because he does that a lot. And our season two theme music is from the Caffeine Creek Band by Pixabay. So today we're going to talk about Arlo. (laughs) Um, Do you want to go to our first picture? Let's just dive right in, Bill. All right. We promised you that on season two, we would start with something inspirational. And I didn't even have to go looking today for an inspirational story or quote or photo I just had to go through our camera card and see the beautiful pictures of our new grandson, Arlo, who was born February 12th, Bill. It's all blurry to me now. Ninth. Ninth. How did I get that wrong already? (laughs) I don't know. Anyways. It's going to be three three days late on his birthday all the time. No. Sorry, Arlo. Terrible. I'm so bad about remembering dates. Anyways, yes, Arlo was born February 9th. He was due on February 12th, right? Is that That's why that number is sticking in my head. No, it's the 10th, not the 12th. Oh, (laughs) jeez. You're right. Okay. Our friend's friend's son, Lucas, and his wife had a baby on the 12th. That's it. (laughs) And they were due on the 10th as well. 
There you go. I'll remember their baby's birthday. <laughs> What's your favorite lottery numbers, Winnie? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we just got back into town last, last night. Last night. Yeah. From uh, we flew out to Big Sky, Montana. Well, we flew to Bozeman, Montana. And then um, our son-in-law picked us up and brought us all the way up to Big Sky so we could spend, oh, a little over a week supporting uh, uh, Lauren and Cole and the new baby and getting to know our new grandson. So today you get to hear all about it. And so our inspirational picture, do you want to describe this first picture, Bill, in our series? This is uh, <clears throat> this is Arlo, um, Arlo. Doing, what, doing what he does a lot these days. He's yawning. I think he takes stretching. after. I think he takes just after like grandpa. His, yeah, <laughs> he takes after his grandpa. Sleeps a lot. <laughs> farts quite a bit. <laughs> All the things that grandpa's taught him so far. So this is a picture of baby Arlo, um, yawning. And oh my gosh, look at that. So fresh. Look at that beautiful skin. Look at him. Yeah, he's pretty special. I mean, all babies, all babies are pretty special, but yep. you know, we're a little partial to this one at the moment. You do forget how small they are. I know when we got to their house, um, actually, do you remember when we first got to Lauren and Cole's house, where was Lauren and the baby? Do you remember? No. They were out shoveling the driveway. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were out. And Lauren had him in a, in a, uh, in a, a front in, pack. Like a front pack carrier. And she was out shoveling snow. Yeah. And it was, it's cold this time of February yeah. in Big Sky, Montana. But he was cozy and warm. All you could see was just the tip of his hat covered head. <laughs> yeah. So then we went in the house and she, took him out of her carrier and laid him down in um, the crib. They happen to have the crib in the living room right now, which is not where it's always going to live. But we stole Arlo's bedroom while we were there. So in order to make room for us, she had to move the crib. And so she thought it would be handy in the living room where we could just lay him down in the daytime for naps anyways. But um, she laid him down and I went over to the crib and he takes up so little real estate inside of that crib. I know. The thing looks like just giant at the moment, but I know. He, he'll quickly fill it up, I'm sure. He's just a little peanut. Yeah. How much did he weigh? You you say it because I'm probably going to forget the numbers. I think it was seven pounds, six ounces. Seven pounds, six and a half ounces, I think, yeah. now that you're saying that. So he wasn't a super tiny baby. He's a normal size no, he's baby. He's normal size. But, you know, their heads just fit in your hand. Yeah. They're so tiny, little, tiny, miniature human beings. It's, I, I hesitate to say it's a miracle, but that's what it is. Just seems like a miracle, right? Well, yeah. When you consider what all the women go through to, to actually give birth, it is quite amazing. Uh, it is quite amazing what you put a body through. I tried to get Lauren and Cole to... To give us a blow by blow reenactment, <laughs> a recounting of the whole birth story, you know, from the minute they got to the hospital until Arlo was born. They were, were really not interested in I don't think they wanted to rethink it too much. I know, but I was thinking about that today though. As the days went by that we were there, I mean, they did kind of give us the outline of what happened. Right. But as the days went by, little stories started to fall out. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. 
like, wow, oh, while we were in the hospital and they were moving us from one room to another and this is how they did it and this is how, like, we did get lots of details, but we had to wait for them to just kind of. Yeah, it was on their time. Yeah, tell us as they remembered and how they felt comfortable. Yeah, I get it too. I get it too. But pretty normal um, birthing and delivery story, I think. You know, I don't think there was any serious medical emergencies and that's their story to tell. So yeah. we won't try to re- recount that. Um, but I know that we were here in Michigan on the edge of our seats waiting for text messages and pictures to come through to know that everybody was good. And I'm not nearly as excruciating as it all was for them, I'm sure. But I know that it's it's hard to be that far away. and yeah. Wanting to help and not being able to do a thing about it. Right. But, I mean, had we been closer, there was nothing we could do anyways, right? No, especially with COVID. They don't let anybody in the hospital anyways. Right, right. Cole was only allowed to, he once he came in, he was only allowed to leave once a day and come back, so. Yeah. When the, the night, the baby was born in the middle of the day, and that night, um, I was asking them if they were, if the hospital did anything special for them. I know that when Lauren was born, the hospital had this special um, dinner for two celebration dinner. You could pick off their menu and they would bring it in. And the hus- the father hus- slash husband and the mom slash wife could have a, a nice dinner together. Now, hospital steak. The best you'd ever imagine. <laughs> But it was a sweet gesture. And I was telling Lauren that and she's like, no, Cole's on his own for food. They don't even bring him anything. So Bill and I suggested that if Cole could leave the hospital and get some carry out and bring it back, that he should do that and we would pay for it. So we paid for, we ordered and paid for um, Olive Garden, right? Yeah, that's where they went. And we insisted that they buy dessert also. So they had a, a nice celebratory meal in the hospital before they left. Yeah, they said the, the staff was kind of jealous of their carryout. I bet. <laughs> That's how good the hospital food is. Well, the hospital food always smells the same. Have you ever in a hospital? Well, they don't season anything. So, Well, what does it smell like? It smells like tomato soup. Like everything to me. In and the- sanitizer. <laughs> Gross. Mm-mm-mm. Anyhow, we were so happy to do that for them. We were so excited. And that was our little way of being a part of it. Right. So um, we couldn't wait to get out to see Arlo and see Lorne and Cole. Um, But traveling during a worldwide pandemic is a bit daunting. Wouldn't you say, Bill? Yeah, it's a little stressful. And, you you know, we, we weighed our options, which was better to drive or to fly. And, you know, there's. There's risk either way, um, but uh, in hindsight, I think flying was okay in the, all the precautions we took. Right. Um, we traveled to Montana last fall, and we were reluctant about doing that too, but we drove, and we tried to eat in the car. Packed, We packed a cooler full of food, and we tried to uh, pee in the wilderness and <laughs> avoid people at all costs. And we managed to have a pretty good trip, but, um, you know, by wearing masks and social distancing and just doing things where we wouldn't encounter people. Um, so flying, I, I was really apprehensive ahead of time. Now, you and you have to work outside of our home, so you had to go to work and back every day, but you tried to avoid the busy time at the 
grocery store where you are the bakery manager. Yeah, I usually, I've been going in even earlier than I normally would just to try and avoid as many people as possible. So, And I work from where we live at Park of the Pines. So I don't have to go out and be amongst a lot of people. So knowing that the baby was coming and that we'd want to go out there, you and I did everything we could to stay away from people, sort of isolate as best we could. Yep. And um, so then we flew. And if you go to the next picture. <laughs> that was our protective gear. So this next picture is a picture of Bill um, on the plane in his seat. And he's wearing two face masks, an N95 covered by the more common paper surgical mask. And also we bought brand new safety glasses, clear safety glasses that wrap around, cover your eyes on the sides. And, and so that's what we did, right? Yeah. Bathed in hand sanitizer. Yeah. Well, the airlines, I was really impressed with the airlines. They really seem to go uh, out of their way to try and clean everything and, I know that um, the, the airplanes do, were the cleanest I have ever, ever seen, seen them. Yeah. And the airports too. Yeah. I mean, we flew out of Traverse city, Michigan and we had to um, change planes in Chicago O'Hare, which that really made me nervous because my experience that was my fright. But um, yeah, like you say, uh, O'Hare was actually the cleanest I've ever seen. It and too. not as busy as no, whenever as busy. we've been there before. Not as busy by any means. We flew on a Tuesday and we flew back on a Thursday um, thinking that that way we would avoid, you know, weekend travelers or kind of tried to find the less busy times. Right. And I think we, I think we nailed that pretty good. Um, on the way out there, the flight from Chicago to Bozeman, um, they pretty much had people in every other seat. Yes. And they, I even saw both going out there and coming back. The, uh, attendants actually shuffled people around once everybody was seated. You know, if there ended up being people that had three, you know, people side by side, they figured out how to move people around. So they were Spread them out. Spread them out as yeah. much as they possibly could anyways. And um, when you get on the airplane, they hand you a um, little um, foil sealed envelope that's got an alcohol um, sheet in it. or Like a wipe. You, wipe. Yeah. And um, so you could, if you felt the need to, and everybody did this, open it up and wipe off the armrests and the tray in front of you and this buckle on your seatbelt. And even though... Obviously, they had cleaned. I noticed getting on and off the planes always in the approach. What do you call that? The long tunnel they shoot you through to get on the airplane. The, um, what do they call that? A runway? I don't know. In any yeah, case, anyways. there was always um, one of those misting sanitizer. Um, yeah, because we have we stopped and looked at what the brand was of the one when we were leaving Bozeman because we were kind of curious about buying one for the camp here. Yeah. Anyways, I, I think that they're really doing uh, as everything they can to keep the airplanes clean and safe. Yeah. Um, the flight attendants were pretty good about telling people to pull your mask up over your nose or if somebody's mask was not um, up to snuff. They would hand them a fresh new mask yeah, and make kinda, them put it on. It was pretty. It was kind of funny to watch that because yeah. there, you know, there's always rule breakers and people who got to push whatever's going on. Right. And uh, yeah, we saw that several times actually, where 
they actually gave them another mask and said, what you're wearing is not sufficient here. Put this on. Right. Right. And basically told them, if you don't, you're going off the plane. Yeah. So. They several times during the flight, they say that it's, it is federal law that you wear a mask on the airplanes. And if you, if you refuse or you don't, that it would risk being able to fly on United Airlines ever again. Yeah. And you will wear the mask so your mouth and your nose nose are covered. Yeah. I saw the attendants going through the aisles several times and doing that, you know, motioning, pull your mask up over your nose, pointing to the person. And then usually the same guy too. Yeah. So, um, but we weren't taking any chances. We had two masks on. We had the, the eye protection on. We had hand sanitizer. We, we did everything we could. Did you notice also on the flights how quiet they were? Yeah. Because yep. when people are all masked up, it, you have to, it takes a little, it's a little harder to talk and to be heard or, and to hear. And I think people just give up. Yeah, there was a lot less conversation than there normally is on flights. Uh, people tended to just listen to music or something other than having a conversation with the person sitting next to them. Yeah. Oh, and also there's no alcohol being served on the airplanes. Right. Maybe and they kept that's saying, why it's quieter. <laughs> and they kept saying, and it's illegal for you to use personal alcohol consumption as well. Right. Yeah. Actually, I think all of that made the flying experience pretty pleasant. Yeah. Um, I still, you know, I still felt a little guilty for flying, but I kept weighing in my mind, what would be safer, you know, flying, which is going to take us a few hours or driving, which is going to take us a few days, um, in the winter. I don't know, but yeah. we, we, I feel that like was we, a choice we made. We're fine. Yeah. Lauren so. and Cole were okay with it. You know, they really wanted us to come out. Lauren anyways, particularly wanted us to come. So, um, so we, we did our best and I think we were safe, you know, so far we're okay. And, um, yeah, we got there and we were clean. <laughs> we immediately shed our clothes and changed it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I would have been happy all week to wear a mask in their house if they'd asked us to. Right. I would have done that, but they, they didn't. And in any case, so there we are all geared up or you anyways, in this picture and let's go to the next picture. So I don't remember whether, I think you and I both tried a shot at this, taking a picture of Arlo asleep in his crib. Yeah, I have no idea who took this yeah. picture, but. That's probably true of most of these pictures, unless we can identify who was holding the baby. Right. But, um, so this is a picture of Arlo sleeping like a baby. And the picture is taken through the rungs of his crib. Um, this summer, uh, Lauren's birthday is July 25th. Did I get that right? I don't know. Tell her. <laughs> yeah, I got yes, that right. Yes, you got that right. Anyways, um, for her birthday, this is what happens when you become a parent. She didn't want anything for herself for her birthday gift. So what we did was we bought the crib that she picked out. And the crib is beautiful. Don't yep. you think? Yep. I think she bought it too before they knew if they were having a boy or a girl. Yeah, they kind of, she wanted to have neutral everything. So the crib is green. Uh, would you call this a Kelly green? Yeah. It's pretty. Yep. Anyways, and the picture of Arlo is taken between the two rungs and he's just, I'm going to blow this up bigger. Just so peacefully laying there. So, 
so peacefully. But, you know, sleeping like a baby is a fallacy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we certainly learned that. Sleeping like a baby if you wake up every hour and a half. (laughs) Exactly. And if you make a lot of noise while you're sleeping, (laughs) throw your arms out in the air and kick your legs. (laughs) Yep. Because babies do not sleep like you would think sleeping like a baby means. Yes. It's not overly peaceful for anyone involved, including the baby. So when Lauren was a baby, she was unfortunately very colicky. And she's probably sick of us talking about this. And uh, as new parents, we were 25 when Lauren was born. And we were totally unprepared. And especially unprepared for a colicky baby. Yep, it was a challenge. And you were a baker, a bakery manager then, as you are now. So you had to go to work early in the morning and the baby would start crying at eight o'clock at night. And sometimes she would stop by eight o'clock in the morning. Right. And I remember reading about that or getting a baby magazine that said, had a whole article about sleeping like a baby is, is not what you would think. And, and certainly... And we were poor back then. <laughs> we lived in a one-bedroom apartment. So the crib was in our bedroom. We had a nice big bedroom. Right. But everything was in the one bedroom that we had. And so every time the baby cooed or cried or started to get fussy, you could hear her. Right. And we were probably conscientious of the people who lived on either side of us. And yeah, because the apartment we were living in, the walls were paper thin too. So it, I, I vividly remember how challenging it is to be a new mom. Yeah. But now Lauren works, has been working at a preschool. And although she works with a variety of age groups, she's most been in the room with infants and toddlers. So the, in, the newborns to two years old, I yeah. think. Yes. And uh, Lauren is 32 years old. So she's, I just think she's way more prepared for parent, parenthood than we were. Yep. Um. But man, it's exhausting for the mom. Yes, it is. They, you know, when you think about giving birth and all that that takes your body through, and then you can't just go home and recover because now you've got this little tiny human being to take care of. Yeah. That doesn't sleep round the clock. That doesn't sleep a two-hour stretch. Or Right, right. Well, and then, like, um, our son-in-law, Cole, works kind of the same hours I do. He... He works from midnight till 10 in the morning and comes home and stays up till five and goes back to bed to get up at 11 to go to work for midnight again. Right. Actually, I think his hours are even worse than yours because he needs to go to bed at four, between four and five. I think while we were out there, he went to bed between four and five. So, um, you know, Lauren never wanted to go to bed until it was close to the time for him to get up and go to work because she knew that that would be. And she's nursing the baby. And so getting up and getting the baby nursed and putting the baby back down and getting back into bed and then getting out of bed, she just knew that it would ruin his sleep. And he, what, right. he, what he does for a living, he works at the Yellowstone Club as um, he grooms the ski hills and makes snow and does all of the stuff related to the private ski hills at the Yellowstone Club. And so he's driving a snowcat and operating heavy equipment and you got to have your wits about you. Yep. So yeah. she was always very concerned that Cole would get enough sleep so he could be good, efficient at his job. 
So yeah, trying to find a schedule and trying to figure it all out is tough. Yeah. I was glad we were there to, to help. Yeah. You, what he's doing, you really got to have your wits about you. Cause uh, the one night we were there, he said he came back from work and it, the wind was blowing. We thought, man, it's windy. And he said at one point when he was up on the mountain, his, he couldn't see anything. And, uh, the snowcat was just kind of rocking back and forth. It was blowing so hard. And he looked on his phone and there he has an app that tells him what the wind speeds are, where he was at. And it was 72 miles an hour. So that's, yeah, that's scary. Crazy, crazy stuff. And where he works is, I mean, he's a big sky re- uh, resort, which is a pretty well-known ski resort is just a little more altitude than where Lauren and Cole live. And, and then he's way further up than that. Like he is on the tip top of that mountain. Yep. And I don't think I'd want to be that high in a snow cat when it's that windy. No. So yeah, it's, uh, it's work that you have to have your wits about you. Right. So, um, I told, I, you know, when I went out there, I fully expected that I would stay up all night with Lauren if need be. And uh, I kept saying to her every night, you know, if you need me in the night, you know, just come get me. I'm happy to change diapers or burp a baby or, you know, help settle them down after they've been fed. And she never came and got me once. She, in the night, she. No, and she had a couple of rough nights, but she never, and their apartments is apparently sealed up enough that you really don't hear the baby crying I never heard anything in the nights. And some nights I wasn't even sleeping very well. So. Um, she, you know, I know she, she just has done a lot of reading and with her experience with the kids at the daycare, she wants night. She's trying to train the baby to know that night is night and it's not time to be awake and carrying on. And so at night she said it just needs to be efficient. She tries not to turn the lights on. Um, I think she has a little night light in the corner of the room or whatever, but if he needs to eat. It's pick him up and eat, let him eat and change his diaper and put him back down and, and try not to overly interact so that, so that they realize that that's night when it's dark, that means quiet time. Right. Right. So maybe that seems, I mean, you got to start, right? But. Oh, you got to try to establish a routine, but it, it's a long process. And the first two weeks of their life is. Yeah. It's not going to happen. They're going to be in charge. Everybody's trying to figure it out. Right. I know that she said one night she, or one morning she came downstairs and she said, oh, he was up every hour all night long and he had a terrible diaper and he peed all over and whatever. And I fed him and I did everything and he just laid there with his eyes wide open staring at me. And she said, and he was so darn cute. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're so tired, but you're just crazy. I, you know, at. I think it's so wonderful how, and I guess in this world, it probably doesn't always happen, but the majority of parents just fall in love with their newborn. And you could just see Lauren and Cole falling more and more in love with their little guy every day. You know, just parents get this look on their face. I'm going to wait until I have a picture of of them to talk about that, but let's go to our next picture. All right. Oh, (laughs) here's the little guy. He woke up. (laughs) So I can't believe how much. Um, Arlo changed from the day we got there till, you know, the end of our visit. Right. And, uh, you know, by the end of our visit, he was keeping his eyes open more often. 
and the expressions on his face already at two weeks old. Yeah, he definitely was. I mean, they obviously can't see very far, but he obviously, when he would um, look at you, he definitely was looking at you. And we had uh, um, noticed him tracking when you would follow you, when you move your head or whatever, he definitely was, was following you. And In this, he's got a million expressions, right. that's for sure. In this picture, what do you think he's, if you were to, had to say what you thought he was thinking? Because in this picture, he's kind of holding his eyebrows up, which he doesn't have much eyebrow, no. but it's making for some wrinkles across his forehead. And he's got his chin kind of tucked in. And it's kind of like, I don't know. So it's kind of a skeptical look like, okay, yeah. really? You're not my mother. You're not my mom. <laughs> I'm looking for the lady with the milk. You're yes, not it. That's true. This is a cute picture. Yeah. It's a funny picture. He's just got a weird expression on his face that just looks like, yeah, you adults are acting silly. <laughs> when Bill said we noticed that he was tracking, I had uh, created these black and white images and laminated them on, on like flashcards before we went out and brought them out with us, like um, black dots with a white background or a black background with white dots, a black and white checkerboard some animal shapes in black and white. And um, when my kids were little, I did that and kind of lined around their crib or their um, bassinet with the black and white images. Cause that's, they say that's all babies can see black and white in the beginning. And that, that helps them develop, develop their eyes and helps them track. So, so Arlo already has his first set of flashcards. Yeah. And actually, if he was fussing, he did, if he was being a little fussy, you could pull those flashcards out. And if you could get him to look at them. He would simmer right he would down. Sit, he would calm right down and stare at he them. And particularly liked the checkerboard. Yep. We could pull out the checkerboard and show it to him. And actually, in this picture, he might be looking at the he checkerboard. He might be looking at the checkerboard in this one. Yeah. yeah. Because he would, he would do like in this picture, he would stare, you know, it was. He would stare. And if you moved it slowly, yeah. his you could see his eyeballs following Things, the pattern yep. and things are moving upstairs there he was yeah he was thinking it through that yep. was that was fun to do it was kind of yeah. kind of a fun little game to play yeah so let's go to our next picture okay and here it is <laughs> this this actually is a cell phone picture um and it's a picture of lauren arlo's mother and she's snuggling with Arlo. He's asleep on her, laying against her chest. And, you know, when we got home and I unloaded all of the photos onto the computer that we took with our really good cameras, I didn't have that many of Lauren holding the baby. And do you know why, Bill? Because most of the time she was feeding. That's right. Most of the time she had to have her shirt open and she was nursing the baby. And it was inappropriate to take pictures. Right. Yeah, I feel, you know, I didn't, I, my babies were raised on bottles and formula and uh, I won't get into that, but um, I'm really proud of Lauren. Nursing a baby is not easy. When I was pregnant, I thought it was going to be easy. Like that's the natural thing to do is to nurse your baby and um, breastfeed your baby. It's just should come naturally, but it doesn't necessarily for the baby or for the mom. And it's a lot of hard work. Which I knew, but watching Lauren over the the 
eight days that we were there, I was exhausted for her. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's a, very demanding, and it seems like so it's a never-ending process too. And she knows that at the end of three months, um, she'll be going back to work, and so she's also trying to be conscious about um, pumping breast milk to save in the freezer, so that when she goes to work, Arlo can still have the goodness of breast milk, but with a bottle. And so she's trying to stockpile. So that means when you're not feeding a baby, you're pumping and it's a yeah, never full ending time job. Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to get a little on my high horse here get a little political, but why on earth in this country, we don't have some kind of a, a universal maternity leave plan for women is beyond me. Uh, Lauren's taking three months off, but they're three months without pay. Right. And three months is the maximum amount she's allowed to take off from her job. Which is, is really a lot more than a lot of places. Right. Right. Well, and they're lucky that they can afford for her to take the whole three months off to be with the baby. Right. Which three months is going to go by like so fast. It will go by fast. And she is fortunate because when she goes back to work, she can take Arlo to the preschool where she works. Um, not that she'll be able to take care of him while she's at work, but, um, you know, they at least will be in the same location. Right. Um, so I mentioned earlier that some friends of ours, um, their son and his wife had a baby um, a few days after Lauren and Cole had their baby. And uh, so I was chatting a little bit with Lucas while we were um, at Lauren's and asking him about, you know, how much time they were going to be able to take off. And he said that in Ontario, they get 18 months, a year and a half. That's great. And it's up to the parents how they divide that up. Like it could be that the dad takes the maternity leave and stays home and is a caregiver, or they can split it up. Mom takes half the time. Dad takes, takes half the time or, um, I think that Lucas said his wife would be home with the baby for this whole year. And then when she went back to work, he would have still a little bit of time to, um, well, he'd probably have six months, right? Right. That he would be home. They were going to overlap a little bit of that time somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And I, if the, I think if I remember right, Canada actually gives you two years, but the last six months are unpaid. Right. But, but the first year and a half, their salaries are guaranteed. I, it's just incredible. And Canada's not alone in this. Lots no. of other countries have some kind of a policy that helps parents that first year with their babies, their new babies. I think it's so important for parents to be able to settle in like that and give those babies a healthy, you know, healthy physical wise and healthy mental wise right. uh, to get the best start in life. Right. Do you remember how much time I took off? Like, I don't think I took that much time off. When six I had, weeks, maybe? Yeah, six weeks. But I went back to work part-time hours so that when you came home from work, then I would leave and go to work. So our kids had the benefit of one or the other of us with them at all time. Right. But we were just lucky we could work it out that way. We were fortunate to work it out because, uh, well, otherwise you probably would not have gone back to work because it wouldn't, we would have had wouldn't to pay so much for daycare. We wouldn't have been able to afford it. Right. Yeah. And I know that Lauren is concerned while we were there a couple of times, I kind of caught her trying to do the math as to, you know, how much is it going to cost me to have Arlo in daycare versus how much do I make versus how many right. days versus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
those are all decisions you'd never have to think about. But unfortunately, in this country, anyways, it's it's a real issue. And it blows my mind. The United States is one of the most developed, one of the richest countries in the world. We can't get this right. But yet we're so backwards and so so backwards. <laughs> yeah. So backwards. Yeah, it, and then we wonder why we're raising, a, you know, kids that turn out to be psychotic. Yeah. Imagine where that comes from. I guess. So, all right. Off my high horse. Yeah. In this picture, this next picture is a picture, as we've I've already described, Lauren holding Arlo. But look at that little smile on Lauren's face. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Parents of babies just get that look on their face. That How would you describe that? It's almost a little Mona Lisa smile that it's a smile, but yet in her eyes, she's like thinking six months, two years. <laughs> I know down I the road. You can tell that there's this the wheels are just spinning in their head of well, all the things they've got to think about. Certainly tired eyes, maybe worried eyes, maybe a little, but that contented smile of Yeah. Oh, I love this little thing. Yeah. I just love this little thing. I can't believe I have this beautiful baby in my life. Yeah, for the few minutes that you let, allow yourself to not <laughs> worry about all that other stuff. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, it was hard to get pictures of Lauren because the poor thing was having to feed so much or pump or whatever. So she didn't necessarily want us turning our big camera lenses to her. No. Um. But we tried to step in and help wherever we could. So we changed diapers. Both you did and I did. Uh, I helped with some baths. Um, we helped, you know, simmer the baby down when he got a little, when he got a little ornery, but he just doesn't get that ornery, honestly. No. Well, a few times Lauren would, would sneak off and take a nap for a little while while he was. We kind of did get into a routine of that. Lauren in the morning, she would take a little nap and we would watch Arlo for about an hour or whatever. And then in the afternoon when Cole had to go to bed, she would go and snuggle with Cole for an hour while he went to sleep and, and we'd have him then. So we helped out that way, but I got to talk about that diaper. I changed. <laughs> <laughs> that, you mean that diaper that almost blew you out? <laughs> that diaper. Yeah. I was tell I was telling them how, when our son Andy was born and my sister Frances was visiting and she was changing a diaper. And every time she wiped his bum, more poop would come out like a, and she said it was like a Dairy Queen machine, which I thought was a funny analogy. So I'm changing Arlo's diaper and he was doing the same thing. He was doing the Dairy Queen machine <laughs> and I wasted three diapers because every time I go to wipe them up, more poop would come out. And I was laughing about it and I let my guard down <laughs> and all of a <the> sudden... <laughs> I think that he did a little sneeze fart thing. The gas charged poop came out. It was it was like a shotgun. Was, he shot poop so hard and so far. I had poop all over my shirt, down my pants. It was on the floor. It was everywhere. If I hadn't been standing where I was, poop would have hit the wall. Yeah. It was You saved the furniture. Thanks, Winnie. <laughs> there was it was so unexpected and so forceful. And so then I was trying to clean it all up and I was a mess and he was a mess. And, and then as I got another diaper out finally to get on him, then before I could get that closed up, he peed everywhere. 
Yeah, the fountain went the other direction. It was one disaster after another. It was wild. <laughs> I didn't trust myself to change them after that. But you I, were a little gun shy. After I was that gun one. shy, but I got over it. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go to our next picture. Ah, oh, this is sweet too. <laughs> so this is a picture of Cole with Arlo. And Cole every day when he got home from work at like 10 in the morning, right? 10, 11 yep. in the morning. Um, he would, of course, greet all of us. But you could tell his eyes would be darting around the room to find his baby. Yep. And he would, that would be the first thing he'd want to do is have a little snuggle with Arlo. And so this is a picture of Cole fresh home from work. And he's got little Arlo sitting on his lap. He's supporting his head with his hand. And Cole's hand is as big as Arlo's head. Yeah. And he's giving him little kisses all over his head. We used to see that little face that Arlo has right now. And we always said that he was milk drunk. <laughs> he definitely looks milk drunk in this picture. His lips are loose and poking out and his yeah. eyes are shut his tight. His body's like limp. You can see his hands are just, or arms are just kind of. Droop down. He was limp as could be. Yeah. And Arlo's hair. He was born with hair, but mostly on the very top of his head. Yeah, and a little bit back down the back of his head, but virtually nothing on the front so of his head. So he's got a little baby mohawk. Yep. I told him if they wait on another couple of weeks, he probably could start doing a comb over. He'll be good. Comb it forward. Yeah. <laughs> Not a comb <laughs> over, a comb forward. Yeah. He actually, we were surprised from the the day we arrived to the day we left, you could see that he was already getting more hair in. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said earlier, it's, it's amazing how fast they grow and in, in short order. It's, it is amazing. And looking at the pictures chronologically, when I loaded them into the computer, looking at the pictures we took the first couple of days to the pictures we took the last couple of days, you know, his complexion has changed. His hair was getting lighter. Um, his ears were a little less folded and crinkly. Yeah, and yeah. Like, it's amazing how fast they they grow. And how much, yeah, he, they're, they're, they start to get facial expressions when they're awake. and More alert. More alert. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Another reason why mothers shouldn't have to go to work so soon. You miss so much. Oh, you do. You definitely do. So, yeah, Cole was very sweet with the baby. Yeah. Um. So Cole's crazy hours at work will end when the ski season ends, which is middle of April. Middle of April, yep. And then he will switch to a more normal shift. And uh, th then he'll be sleeping when Lauren and, and Arlo are trying to sleep. And life should get a little bit more routine for them. Um, but in the meantime, now that we've left, Cole's parents, are, I think, are going to arrive soon to be support. And I think they're going to get to stay a little longer than we were able to stay. Um, so they should be in good shape by the time. Yeah, they should get settled in pretty good yeah. within a month or so. Yeah. And they're doing great. Yeah. But. Yeah. Anyhow, so yeah, it was very sweet to see how excited Cole was each day to get home and have a little snuggle with that little warm little baby. Yeah. Let's actually go to the next picture. Okay. I love this picture. I'm going to take credit for this one because I think I took it. I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah. So do you want to describe So this it? is a picture of the happy little family. And Arlo, again, yeah. Arlo's asleep laying on Cole's chest. They're sitting on their couch and Lauren's giving a 
Cole a kiss on the forehead and they're all. And Cole's giving Arlo a kiss on his forehead. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this was taken just after, again, one of the days right after Cole got home from work because he's wearing, um, well, he's wearing what looks like a, like a sweatshirt with, um, moose print all over it, but it was actually one of those onesie long john type outfits. Uh, There's probably a better name for it than what I'm saying, but, um, so I think he, you know, just got home from work and peeled out of one layer and, and couldn't wait to have a little snuggle with his family. So yeah. no, I showed this picture to Lauren and she said, oh, I look so tired in this picture. She must think that because her eyes are shut. Because <laughs> I think she looks pretty good. She looks pretty good for what she went through. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, being up every hour through yeah. the night. Yeah. And, yeah. I love this picture. And actually, Arlo's little mouth even looks like it's puckered up for a kiss. Yeah. This is a... This is a loving family portrait. So we laughed a little bit while we were out there about, uh, you know, us with our cameras and Cole kind of teased us. Are you going to try and get some Ann Gettys baby pictures? <laughs> so do you know what Ann Gettys is, Bill? Yeah. So for those of you who might not know, Ann Gettys is a popular baby photographer who probably was most popular in the 90s. Maybe early 2000s. Early 2000s, I would guess. And she sort of changed the world of baby photography because she started to wrap baby in cabbage leaves and put babies in baskets and wrap them with fur and all kinds of interesting poses, elaborate sets and poses for babies. Babies by themselves versus with their parents or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and usually were, nude. And they were they were amazing. I remember looking no, good at the bookstore of, but yeah, but now I look back at them and I think, oh, so corny. Well, it was tried to be replicated by so many people. I, yeah, you're right. I think that, maybe the originals were, that was cool. It was artistic. Yeah. It was different. And, yeah. But yeah, now there's a lot of photographers out there who, who do that style of baby photography. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've tried to take, not that kind of elaborate, but I've tried to take baby pictures a little more in that style. And I am just not good at it. I'm not good at it. It's just not my thing, I guess. I, you know, it'd be one of those things for uh, nailed it, you know, right? The, the beautiful Ann Gettys picture of a baby dressed as a ballerina, you know, laying there looking like, you know, she's floating on a cloud. Mine looked like a passed out baby. <laughs> You wonder if it's even alive. Yeah. So I like to take pictures that are more natural and of parents interacting with the babies. And yeah. And so this is what we get. And this, I love this picture. Yeah. Not formal at all, but beautiful picture. So let's go to the next one. All right. Obviously, you took this picture. I took this one. I'm yes. very glad you did. So, so this, this one is, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, okay, this is a picture Bill took because I'm holding Arlo and he is, again, probably milk drunk, asleep on my shoulder. His mouth is just a little bit hanging open. And uh, I think we must have been watching TV. We watched Netflix a lot on our vacation. Um, and so you can see a little bit of me, not too much of me, which makes me happy. And it's mostly about the baby and... And uh, I can look at this picture and I can almost feel what it feels like to hold that little baby. (laughs) They're so warm. 
They are so, so soft. I know I hogged them a little bit more than you what got you to. Have. Yeah, I know yeah. I did. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you got your time with them too, but I, I do know that I got him more than you did. He is just so sweet. It's amazing how quickly you can fall in love with a little baby. Yeah. Um, I Today, um, Lauren, our daughter, got a hold of me and she said that her husband thinks that Arlo takes after Lauren's side of the family and in particular looks like Lauren's brother, Andy. And so Lauren wanted me to dig out some baby photos of Andy so she could compare. And uh, so I was going through a photo album of pictures of Andy as a baby. And there's a picture of my mother holding Andy in pretty much the exact same position as I'm holding Arlo in this picture. And I don't like what it made me feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Because... I, my mother looks like I did in this picture. I look like my mother did in that picture. I am turning into my mother. Well, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> All right. You better take that back. Oh, my mother's beautiful. Your mother's great. My mother's great. She's going to be 86 next week. I know. And it's going to be a full year since we've seen her in person. Yeah. Terrible. That's another story for another day. Yeah. So while we were out at Lauren and Cole's, though, thanks to the um, technology and thanks to Zoom, we were able to have a little party, a a meet Arlo party. And we invited um, my mom and my sisters and a few other people to join us on a little Zoom event. And everybody got to see Arlo and talk to Lauren and Cole. And that was spectacular. Yeah, it was certainly nice. It was very nice. There's no way that my mother will ever travel out to Montana, which is a shame. She would love it, but it would be. She would love it, but it would be a really hard trip for her. It would be very difficult. I know that when I'm in Montana, I I always have a hard time adjusting to the altitude. And Lauren and Cole's uh, house has a set of stairs to go up to the bedrooms. And by the end of the week, I'm feeling it in my knees, climbing the stairs. So I know my mother would really have a hard time. But it would be really nice. But it is nice that we can connect live like that and she can see. Right. Yeah. It's really nice. Yep. I wish my parents would get hooked up to something like that. We got to figure out a way. We should invite them over to our house and have Zoom while they're here. That's just what we're going to have to do. Yeah, that's a good plan. But the first trick is going to be to get them to come here. Right. Because they're hunkering down during COVID too. Yep. So, all right, in fairness, now the next picture, and this is our last picture today. And this is a cell phone picture taken by our son-in-law, which I think turned out excellent. Turned out pretty good, actually. Yeah. And this is a picture of Bill holding Arlo, and I'm sitting next to Bill. So this is Grandma and Grandpa with baby Arlo. This was, I think this might have been the... This must have, I think it was yesterday morning, the last morning we were there. Yeah. Just before we were... That's his airport outfit. So, yep, must have been. They drove us to the airport. And uh, you talk. (laughs) We, uh, I, it was hard to say goodbye. It was really hard to say goodbye. I think we all hugged two or three times while we were trying to get. I know. They were were trying. We were in the little hot drop off lane, you know, where you're supposed to drop and leave. And uh, it was hard. It was hard to say goodbye. It's always hard to say goodbye to Lauren, but. It was now it's even harder. 
So we got to sit in the back seat and I got to sit next to Arlo in his car seat and he held my hand or he yeah. held my finger the whole way down from Big Sky to the airport. And uh, and that was that. I'm Terry Gump. Yeah. And we got on the plane and headed back this way. But um, yeah, it was uh, a, a great time. We, it seemed to go by pretty fast. We, I think, a we were, really different trip for us to yeah, Montana. Because yeah. normally, when we go to Montana in the past, when Lauren and Cole would go to work, you and I would head to the Yellowstone National Park or other places, right, to take pictures and wander and explore and go through the mountains and and this trip. Now, granted, the weather was probably excellent if you were a skier, but it wasn't necessarily excellent if you're just being a photographer. Yeah, we, yeah. And it was, yeah, because typically it's really, you know, we always, we always are uh, intrigued with the fact that there's so many days of sunlight out there, but not this time. No, it was really gray and a lot of snow and some very windy days. However, I will say, I think the sun came out for an hour or so every day, day. which that never happens in Michigan in the winter. Right. Right. Um, But we pretty much stayed in their house and stared at Harlow the whole time. I think we probably almost every day made a little trip to the grocery store and picked up some little essentials to build it almost all of the cooking while we were out there, which was great. Um, great help for Lauren. And, and that was nice. Um, they have a nice little grocery store where they jack the prices up three times as high as they ought to be. And, um, so sometimes in our podcast, we talk about the picture that got away, the picture we missed, the picture we wish we would have got. And I think for this trip, it was those big horn sheep. Yeah, we saw two or three times in the same area, probably two miles or so from Lauren and Cole's house. There was a, a small herd of big horn sheep that were on the side of the road, just on 50, the slope, on 50 the side yards of the off the road, up on a little on a slope of the hill. The uh, this time of year when the snow gets really deep in the top of the mountains, the bighorn sheep will come down a little further to look for food. And you could see where they were just scraping the snow away on the slope on the side of the road, trying to find something to eat. Yeah. And they had gotten, well, I think Cold said one day when we were there that they had gotten five feet of snow in the last two weeks there. So the animals are really were coming up, uh, they were coming down out of the hills a lot just to find food yeah. in, in lower ele- elevation. So we saw the bighorn sheep a few times, but never when we had a camera and also never really in a place where you could have pulled off the side of the road and not been in danger. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because they had so much snow, they really didn't, they didn't do a really good job of getting the snow off the roads very well. And it was, wasn't until the last day or so that we were there that they actually peeled the shoulders back on the road far enough that you could actually pull off and look at the animals. So, right. Yeah. So you and I, though, we did get outside and we, and we went to the grocery store and we did stop into a couple of retail shops while we're. Yeah. One night I took a walk just before dark thinking that, um, I could get some pictures of of sunset, sunset, but, um, yeah, they, I had a really lovely, lovely, uh, walk, but. The sunset didn't really. It was it very cold. Out and it was, it was extremely cold. cold. Yeah. 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 So, but really we knew that going into it, the purpose for this trip was going to be all about supporting Lauren and Cole and helping with Arlo. And that's right. exactly what we did. Right. 
they kept telling us to take one of their vehicles and go for a ride. But I, I mean, it was kind of tempting, but really, I'd much rather stay at the house and do what we were doing. Yeah, well, we knew our time was limited. and So limited. And uh, Yeah, we just yeah. wanted to take in the little one as much as possible. So we promised you that in season two, we would always end our podcast with um, some good news, a feel-good story, something positive. We think that 2021 should be a more positive year than 2020 was. And, I, you know, today I think everything we've talked about positive, it was all good. But I do have one little tiny morsel that's a positive thing I heard today. And that's that the Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine has been approved. So now there are three different kinds of COVID vaccines that are going to be available. And I think that's good news. What do you think, Bill? Just uh, another another thing in the right direction. to Another tool in the toolbox to help us get beyond this pandemic. Right. right. Make somewhat more normal life for, for us all. Yeah. So hopefully that will be a good thing for the future. Right. Right. So thank you for indulging us this week. Well, it's triple A, all about Arlo. We promise we won't do this to you every time. <laughs> but if you follow us on Instagram, you're probably going to see baby pictures now and then. Probably. Because so, it's all about Arlo. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening and hope you have a great day. Thank you. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye-bye.